What's up, luscious ass babes? I am here with certified bad bitch, Megan Gallade. Oh, well, actually, she's a certified IRA professional, but she's also a certified <laughs> bad, bad bitch. <laughs> yeah. Certified bad bitch first, IRA professional second. She's going to educate us today all about having fun while budgeting, money mindset, investing in real estate, all of these magical things that I think we need to fucking know. I'm so excited to have you here, babe. What's up? Hi, thanks for having me on. And I mean, money, money is the thing. I mean, we have to have it, right? We have to mm -hmm. be making it. Why not make a lot since we're some badass women? So let's get talking about it. Oh, yes, I love it. I love this. I love this attitude that a lot of women are stepping into because I think for a long time, I mean, for a long time, women didn't really have their own money, at least mm -hmm. traditionally in society. They didn't have their own money. They didn't have, usually they weren't working full time. They weren't the primary breadwinner. But now we're seeing this really big shift of women that are keep amassing their own wealth, having their own money, having choices in what they do with it, having freedom with it. So this is mm -hmm. a fucking exciting time to be a woman in the workplace and make a fucking guap. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. And we were just talking about how um, where you work at your at your office, the only male that works there is your dad, and it's yes. all women. Like, that's some badass shit right there. We've tried. We've tried to hire the males. They just don't hang around long enough. It's Self-directed IRAs themselves are really hard. And then imagine having a whole leadership team of women who that's not going to change. And the, the guy, my dad, who works there, he owns the company. So he's there very rarely. He actually does um, erotic hypnosis, fun fact, but as well, in addition to this company. <laughs> but so he's rarely there. When he is, he's kind of doing his hypnosis thing. So a whole office run by women, leadership team run by women. Oh, we run into problems all the time, but we know what we're doing. <laughs> Right. You're like, oh, you're not the first guy to try and step up to us. So like you could just you could just quit while you're ahead and just fucking leave. <laughs> women are so good at like organization and communication, uh, working with clients. Like women are fantastic at all those things. No, it's really exciting to see women in these leadership positions because you're we're really just seeing the kind of strength and the kind of like you're saying, like organization and communication. Like all of these strengths are being put mm -hmm. out on Front Street, which I'm excited about too. Like that's yeah. fucking, that's fucking seeing, cool. Seeing it and being a part of it is so much fun. But women have to step into their power and accept it that they want to be that person. They want to grow. They want to be a leader. They want to be the breadwinner. And the second that a woman steps in in it, I've seen the women that step in it in my office, and they like grow. I had somebody go from receptionist to a department head in less than a year. It's like unheard of. Wow. But, yeah. Oh. It's pretty exciting. That is fucking exciting. Yeah, it really is all about really opening up to it and stepping into it. Because I feel like especially with Money Matters, like for women, for me, that was a struggle for a long time where I'm like, oh, do I really deserve to like make all this money and like mm -hmm. to be happy and successful? Like, do I deserve it? Spoiler alert. Yes, I do. And yes, you do. But it is a big, it's a big jump to make, like, where you actually own your power. Like, there is a lot of times I see in women or, like, my clients, women I coach, like, there is a fear of our own power. Like, oh, what if mm -hmm. I'm too powerful or I make too much money? And I think this is, this is going to be really exciting to talk about, too, because I think that um, what you do with your money, like, having the responsibility of having more money, like, where do I put it? What do I do with it? I think that scares people into not making more money a lot of times. They're like, what am I going to do with all this money? I don't want to have to organize it and pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah. Yes. So I agree. And for women, especially, like, I'm getting to see more, more and more women in the investing world. And I've been doing IRAs specifically for about five years now and we've seen quite a shift in women taking control of their retirement but in addition I have women's like a women's group women's building wealth club it's only women and I talk a lot about business and money in there because the more organized your money is whether you're making a lot right now or a little right now but the more organized it is you will find that you will start making more and more from here on out once you get it organized oh God damn it, that's some real shit. How did you get your shit together so young, by the way? How the so, fuck? 
<laughs> so I'm from Las Vegas. So all my fellow strippers out there. I'm from Las Vegas and born and raised there. I'm actually second generation, which is like unheard of. Half my high school went into the sex industry and they love it. They're still in it or they're at the clubs now, still working at clubs. Um, so um, that was my start. And in Las Vegas, if, have, you, have you ever been to Las Vegas? Yes, and I so worked the out hustle, there. <laughs> the hustle oh. is very different there. And it, this is something that I realized kind of when I left was that Vegas runs very differently. And I started working at 15 years old at, and like worked in the hotels, like worked my way up through lifeguarding and fun stuff like that. So that is, I started out in high school having a really good job. Now imagine leaving a job in high school Making, I made about $15 an hour working at Bellagio, which in high school is a lot of money. Yep. And that was, that was like 2000, before 2010. I graduated in 2010. So that was a lot of money at that time. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I hustle my ass off and then I'll get the money. And thankfully, my dad is a financial advisor. My mom is really good at money. They're divorced. And so they don't talk at all. And my, they both, though, were teaching me money things just very differently but it kind of I formed my own way and I started budgeting and I started actually like using software to start tracking my money the second I had a bank account which was in high school and I use mint it's an app download it it's free you can get on the computer and set it all up and using the mint app I was able to upload my bank accounts my mom is huge into like making sure all the trans actually my mom and my dad are both really big on uploading all uh, making sure all the transactions are there you're coding your transactions and you're using your bank account for your benefit you're you're holding a budget you're not just like like one of my clients spent $250 on coffee in one month and she had no clue because she was not looking at it so then we go into college University of Utah had a great time, great time in college. And I, so I like really enjoyed that area of life. Then graduated, moved to Florida. I had like $6 in my bank account when I moved to Florida. And I didn't care because I was like, well, I don't ever want to live where it snows again. It's too damn cold. I hate this shit. So moved to Florida and in Tampa and I love it here. And I kind of just started working, got a job. So my degree is in, uh, actually in exercise sports science. I was going into the therapy world and occupational therapy, which is kind of like physical therapy. And I um, started working as a personal trainer for kids and realized I hate parents. I think parents are the absolute worst when it comes to their kids and exercising because they are the ones that feed their kids McDonald's and then wonder why they're not doing well in sports when they come to me and smell like fucking french fries. And I hated it. And I hate the smell of McDonald's. Like as you could tell, I don't eat fast food, but like I hate the smell of McDonald's. And so I would be like helping a kid and I'm like, mm, mm, you just had a Big Mac. Mm, I smell that. <laughs> so decided that wasn't for me and got into the finance world. Now, all this stuff's going on. I had, I mean, the only debt I had was school loans at the time, and then I bought a new car when I moved here because I sold my car leaving Utah. And um, so that was all, like no credit card debt because I had always been really well at managing my money. And then I ended up being able to buy a house almost immediately, never had to rent a house, which was nice. I had a good credit score. Credit is so important. If I can like teach you anything on this podcast, Ugh. fix your fucking credit. Oh, bitch. <laughs> oh, bitch. So log on to Credit Karma. Go see what it is. Go see what you need to fix. Reach out to me. I can help you out with a few things. Um, but the credit is so important because I had good credit. I didn't have to put a lot down on a house. Uh -huh. And in Florida, owning a house is cheaper than renting. Yep. It just is. Yep. And and it didn't make sense for me to go rent for $1,500 a month for a one-bedroom where I can't have my dog at. And then I instead bought a three-bedroom house, like double the size, and had my dog with no issues. So it's a, yep. it's a big difference. And so bought the house. Then we're going to be real. Shit hit the fan. And... I'm talking, I'm going to get into like toxic relationships and how it can mess with your money now. And in my story, so I, I have this house, it's furnished, like everything's going pretty good. Like I'm working full time. I'm everything's so steady that it like kind of seemed boring. You know, like you're like, oh, life's too simple right now. Let me shake shit up. <laughs> I start dating someone. 
<laughs> and I start dating this guy and we end up being together for three years. Now, the first year was like honeymoon phase, super good. I didn't notice any red flags like anybody. Nobody notices red flags, right, ever. And then I quickly realized that this was like a bad decision. Like it was like bad decision after bad decision was happening. And like I was letting it affect my health, my money, and just like my spirituality altogether. And like I was like separating myself from friends, stuff like that, because I was like in this relationship that like he didn't like, like my friends are, they're a little wild. I mean, we're all from Vegas. And so <laughs> they're a little wild. They're, you know, whatever. So um, I was letting him separate all of that though. And I lived with it for like a couple years. And then finally, I actually happened to be out at a conference on goal setting and one of my friends drove in from Vegas to California in San Diego where I was and we were out partying have a good good time before my conference and she looks at me and she goes you know you're settling right and I was like okay you want me to continue having a good time right now because I don't, I don't know I kind of ready to go and whatever we carry on the night have fun and then I get home and I'm like she is so right like I'm not in all my friends and their and their kids' lives. I've been removing myself. I'm not living to my full potential. I'm not following anything I want. Like I'm not doing the best I can with my money. All this stuff. And she didn't even know the money stuff. She didn't know any of that. All she knew was what she saw. And because I didn't tell her a lot at the time anyways, I kept a lot of stuff private. I'm just a very private person when it comes to stuff. So like me, like telling you guys everything is a big deal. Like oh. and I've gotten better and better at it. But um, so then in this relationship, I start to realize it's toxic. And I mean, I don't want to like, I'm definitely, I mean, this podcast definitely doesn't offend anyone that's listening. Right. But like, <laughs> getting, like, like he was like a super church boy and I'm not like, I was never raised in the church. Like I was always raised like spiritual, like, saging crystals like I was raised with that stuff and so like my grandma has been doing it and that was what I was very comfortable with like chakras all the stuff that like is really mainstream now like my grandma had been doing that with us for years and that's all I knew and so I, I was like okay maybe there's something with this church that I just like am missing like I couldn't connect with so I'm going to church every Sunday fucking hating life and I'm like okay this is like not right and then I'm also, I think I was like 30 pounds overweight, like over my comfortable weight. And we tell women to own, the bo own our bodies, blah, blah, blah. But like, when I feel like shit, I feel like shit. And mine starts from the inside out. So if I was already looking like shit, like, then you know I was feeling like shit for a while. Which goes back to your money is probably shit if you feel like shit. Because you're not taking care of it, you're not spending it where it's supposed to be spent, and you're not budgeting, and you're not in control of your finances, because you're not even control in control of your life, right? Oh, reels. <laughs> so, when we, we go about all this, with, and I'm using my own story to tell you, like, get the fuck out of the relationship, or the friendship, or whatever it is, the situation that is causing you to not be in control of what you need to be in control of. So... Get out. We're going to fast forward. Um, actually, we're not. I'm going to take it back a little part. So I actually, sitting in the house that I'm in now, I um, we came and did a walkthrough in it because I was like, okay, I want to buy a rental house. So come on this walkthrough with me. And we kind of did things like, <coughs> we kind of did things as like, you know, like a couple, like when they do things together, but our finances aren't mixed. So... Um, we did the walkthrough. He's like, oh, I hate that house, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, skip the house. So my realtor happens to be one of my best friends. And so we're like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to pass up on this house, even though the numbers are really good, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, okay, got another deal or another buyer on it. They're going to go through. So a week later, their, their funding falls through. And she was like, you have an opportunity to get this house. These numbers fit your numbers. The house is a great location. It's better than where you live now. And it's about the same price. Like, and it's a house with a huge yard. I have a huge corner lot. And she was like, I really want you to think about it. Bitch, I went home. I didn't even talk to him. I just bought the damn house. <laughs> that was like the start of all of it, okay? 
Oh, bought the house and it needs, it needed a full rehab when I moved in. So that was exciting. (laughs) So, um, we bought that. I I bought the house and then I had my very first rental, which was my first house that I bought years and years ago before, and then moved into this one. My rental paid for both mortgages and I'm going to give you some simple numbers. And these are real numbers. These are the numbers that I, all the numbers, you could do the math. So I bought my first house at $151,000. I bought my second house at one sixty-five. dollars My rental, your rental income should be about 1% of what you buy the house at. So my rental income, <coughs> for my people that's doing landlords, write this, that wants the landlord, write this trick down. So my rental income, what I was bringing in was $1,495. But on the paper, instead of charging a late fee, because you're actually not allowed to charge a late fee, on the contract, they got a hundred dollar discount. So if they were ever late, they would pay fifteen ninety five, an extra hundred dollars, because that's a late fee. But really, I'm giving them a discount for paying on time. Fun oh. fact. So that's something you're supposed to, you should do, um, and it holds up in court better than fees. So fourteen ninety five was covering my mortgage, which was five ninety for my first house, and my second house, which was a thousand dollars. So my mortgage was very, very, what I had to pay was very, very small. And then that way I was able to afford two houses. I had a renter. I've now became a landlord and I was able to afford rehabbing this house, which was really exciting. So we move into this house and I'm now making decisions like without like how we used to like talking to each other about it. Cause I'm like, I feel like you're leading me the wrong way. I know money. I know my dad's going to help me along the way if I need help and so will my mom so we're good to go so did that oh there was another part I wanted to bring up what was it oh lost it lost my train of thought on it but we're talking about and getting rid of the toxicity so I was overweight start working out start walking actually that's how I lost all my weight was walking and eating healthy I went vegan um so that very simple to do and when you get rid of the toxicity or you start Making the switch. It's not an overnight thing. I get it. It's hard sometimes, especially to get out of toxic relationships or friendships. Um, But once you make the switch, the universe will work in your favor and it'll see, the universe will see that you are starting to make a switch and it'll help along the process, right? Because now you're saying, hey, I am, I see this. I'm going to be doing better and I'm going to be following what I, what I feel and, and can you help me? And the universe will help. And that's exactly what happened. So fast forward, I think it was like six months later, I ended <laughs> I ended up going to, if the coughing is still in there, I'm getting over a cold, guys. <laughs> it's been like a month long cold. Me, um, me as well, I feel. That's why I've been like muting myself every time you're talking and I'm having a cough. I'm like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I, this is. is the first time I've ever done like a 100% natural like healing and actually sleeping and resting and seeing a natural doctor. And getting Same. On and I'm like, this is long. No wonder why no one does it. <laughs> So true. Okay. So, <laughs> getting back to it though, um, taking care of shit. What were we talking about? I lost that one. Uh, toxicity. Oh, uh, toxicity. The, it, so it was like you were cu- you were just like up leveling <laughs> like a motherfucker. This yes. guy was being left in the dust, pretty much. Yes. So summary. That's what was happening, and I started to realize it. And basically, I came to the conclusion that I was either going to be very happy where I was or I was going to start cutting ties and go where I wanted to be because there's no way that I would have been able to be supported at the level I wanted to be supported at that like I am now. So um, now we're fast forwarding. Six months later, after my friend told me I was settling, so that was March, and then six months later we go into a ready for this hypnosis conference I was talking about money at a hypnosis conference with a ton of hypnotists tarot readers like all the energy healers like it's a huge conference in Vegas and so I'm there which I'm from Vegas so I was seeing all my friends and having a grand old time partying it up and then going working all day and um, this I, so it was a three-day conference the first day I refused to let anybody hypnotize me because I thought it was like the chicken thing like I thought it was you know, just normal commercial hypnosis. No clue what it actually could do. So the second day, this guy comes up to me and is like, hey, I know I've asked you before and you're really against it, but just let me put you under a hypnosis because you look tired. I was so tired. 
I was partying all night and working all day. I was exhausted. So I was like, yes, please like help me get more sleep. Like at this, at the conference. Cause he was like, I can put you under hypnosis and make you feel better. He put me under hypnosis and literally said the realest shit to me that I will never forget. Cause you don't forget when you go under a hypnosis, you remember everything you say and do. And so you're just at your, your conscious mind is asleep so that your subconscious mind can respond. Oh yeah. And I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this is a pretty open, I'm, I'm this pretty open podcast. So he says to me that, um, (laughs) he says, do you feel like you're being, um, sexually, it had something to do with sex. And at the time I hated sex. So it was like, do you feel like you're being sexually satisfied? And like, I hated sex at this point. And so I was like, no. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he like goes on and like puts triggers for like sleep and stress and relaxation, all this stuff goes on like nothing. I went to my car and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've been horny in like three years. <laughs> like what is going on? So I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to go home to my friend's house and we're going to just like have a good night. Like we had planned, blah, blah, blah. And that's what we did. Like all my friends came over. They always do. And we were like I sat on the couch and I think I made each person that came over cry because we got so fucking deep with one conversation. But that was like the space I was in and it was the first time I had been in that space in over three years. And so it just goes to show that once you start to remove the toxicity, then all this, this, um, your true self will start to show. So it was like I immediately started to get back to like the really deep, like spiritual conversations, what you're doing, how you feel, all that stuff. It was less like, how's work, how's the kids, bullshit that people talk about. And so um, all this is going on, and I end up getting into a total of about $70,000 worth of debt during this time. So I'm telling you all this stuff, but like in my like personal life, like shit is going wrong with my money. I invested in a huge course, and it ended up being a huge ripoff but I didn't even do the research. The guy is on ripoff report. And like, like I didn't do the research because that wasn't where I was at. So yeah, it was like a total of like 70,000, not including my mortgages. Just to be clear, that was not including the mortgages. <gasps> and, Additional. Yeah, so it was like a lot of fucking stress all the time because I'm not making enough to ever pay for this. But at the same time, I also don't feel like myself enough because my money's wrong, my, my spirituality's wrong, my being's wrong. So then, do this hypnosis session. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get control of, over my finances. I build a whole spreadsheet, go through what I know using the Mint app and the Credit Karma, figuring out what I need to do to raise my credit so that I can get rid of credit cards, put it on a personal loan instead. You know, do all the steps. So that's what I did, was all the steps. And I swear, I got home three days later. Well, I got home. And I was in the shower, asked the universe, like, what am I supposed to be doing with this situation with the, the guy that I'm dating? Like, just give, make this so obvious that I can't fuck this up, basically, because I need to fix everything that I've been doing wrong. <laughs> and that was it. And I just said that in the universe. Three days later, he's moved out. We had an awful breakup, like awful, awful breakup. And um, I had a whole cup thrown at me and my phone (laughs) and so it was like the craziest breakup ever and this is about a year later a year later to the date I paid off all $70,000 plus have a huge bank account and I have actually I'm not doing real estate right now I'm doing promissory notes which I that means I provide the mortgage for people to buy real estate so that's where I'm at now as well as helping women build um, on the Women Building Wealth podcast and my club that I have. So we have it all. And like that just goes to show like this long ass story of my life that you can have ups and downs, but the toxicity will remain a problem if you, in, in including in your money, but the toxicity in your life will remain a problem if you don't decide to make the step. And that includes with your money. Oh, oh bitch. I was on the edge of my seat through that whole story. I'm like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> what is she going to do about that? Oh, Yeah, so I ended up, I'm, I'll tell you, I paid off my debt, like, fast. Yeah. So I was paying it off and, like, doing kind of, like, um, paying the highest interest rate first off. 
and like nickel and diming, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all that way. And then I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to use what I know. And because I'm really not into peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm into like really nice food. <laughs> I'm vegan. I, I really like really nice food. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to find good vegan food. And so, um, so I took my first house that I had and I ended up selling it for 195000 So you go back Ooh. through the years. I purchased it at one fifty one, rented it at fourteen ninety five a month, and then I sold it for one ninety five. Oh. Dang. Mm. Yeah. So that got me hot. That got yeah. me hot. So it was exciting because I only owed like one ten on it when I sold it. Oh. Paid off all that debt plus my car. Oh, that's some savvy ass shit. Yeah. So I just used what I knew to get to where I wanted to be. And that was kind of my whole mission this year was to really focus on how I was going to kind of go back three years and fix all the mistakes that I made. And in the like, meantime, I've created the, I had a course um, that I did live, it was called a budget, budget to Financial Freedom, but now I teach it in Women Building Wealth Club and it's way cheaper, so it works out. <laughs> and oh. then, um, yeah, so that's what I do now and I love it, and IRAs. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, this is so good. I love it. I just love that your story is so wild and crazy and all, like, you pretty much like did everything right and then fucked everything up and then like went back and just like strategically got it all right again. I fucking literally and sleep, man. Let me tell you, sleep is at the core of all of this. When I decided that um, I was really going to make a change, like I had a sleep alarm on my phone where I had to be getting ready for bed by 1030 so I could be in bed by 11 and sleep a whole eight hours a night. That's and real. And it's, it's because your brain functions the best. I, I function very well with eight hours of sleep. I know people that function with less or more, but I know where my sweet spot is and I just make sure to get in there. And then I'm able to show up and be in the best mental state possible. Yeah, you're me. fucking beautiful and glowy. So whatever you're doing, it's working for you. I'm just going to say. All natural. <laughs> That's right. Love it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how all of these things are connected. I feel like sometimes as human beings, we, we tend to look at things like separately, like, oh, you know, investments, your money, your health, your spirituality, your body, like it's looked at as like all of these separate things, but they're all connected. And if one is thrown off, the other's going to be thrown off and that's going to throw off the other one. Yeah. So having that balance and understanding that you're going to need to sleep. You're going to need to take care of yourself. You need to have some kind of connection to yourself or something bigger or whatever the fuck it may be. You know, they're, like if something is thrown off the, that fucking wheel, then everything's going to get thrown off. And it happens. It completely is. Yeah. And what's interesting about your story and, oh shit. And what's interesting about your story and my story too, because kind of similar, not exactly similar, but similar enough with certain things. What's interesting is that it happens over time, but it, it happens quickly at the same time. Mm -hmm. Where suddenly, like, some time has gone by and you look back and you're like, oh, shit, like, when did I get so off track? It's just because everything starts to get thrown off balance. And then it's like, oh, shit, where am I? <laughs> and it's like the smallest thing and you may not even notice it. Mm -hmm. Like, I could have, I've, you know, gone back through all my like journaling and healing and stuff, I gone back and I literally saw red flags within six months. And I oh, waited yeah. three whole years. Like I literally saw them, like one of my friends, like I RSVP'd for his wedding as a, by myself when I was dating him. And I was like, that's obviously a problem. I didn't want to bring him around my friends. Like why did I not follow that gut instinct? Oh. But all lessons, you gotta learn all the lessons. That's right. I think it's really great, too, to get all that bullshit out of the way and then it's mm -hmm. like grow from it. And it's like now, now I've already seen that, done that, and we can move forward. Sometimes I think it's good to have those fuck ups like earlier on and then you mm -hmm. can really learn. You know what to look for. You know what to do. I think it's good. I think it's a good yeah, thing. It is. And right. I think all the all the lessons, all the mistakes, lessons are part of who you are. Like if I never got into that position, I would never be teaching women about building less. I really wouldn't be. I would have focused. I actually had a really decent e-commerce business where I just sold stuff on Amazon and eBay. And that's what I did for like a year. And I made pretty good money doing it just on the side with IRAs. And 
yeah, that's, that's like what I was doing. And it was easy. I had virtual assistants running the whole thing. And so I kind of got rid of, actually not kind of, I completely got rid of it and went full force into women building wealth. And this is more aligned anyways with what I love to do. And it's a part of my day-to-day -day work anyways. And I saw a huge gap in the women that are actually focused on money that it made it so simple to like step in and be like, I'm not an old white guy teaching you exactly what to do with money. I actually did it. This is my story. Let me help you. And, and now we can have a community of people that have their shit together. <laughs> what? I'm about to join this shit, y'all. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm about to join this shit. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. There are so many questions like specifically I want to ask you too. Just, mm. so what are some of your best tips for, so for someone that would walk into your office and you know, you're an IRA professional, like where the fuck do we even begin with this? What, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> me, so this I, is from me. What do we I do with it. this? <laughs> it is a little overwhelming and I'm going to tell you why. I actually really want you to focus on building your credit first mm. and then getting a good little nesting. And this like the realest shit ever, if you're just starting an IRA, don't open it with me. Open it with a bank. It's going to be a lot cheaper, oftentimes free, if you have a bank account there. Mm -hmm. So you'll want to do a couple years of contribution limits, which are about $6,000 this year. Um, actually, we're going to throw it in there. For my strippers out there that are self-employed in 1099s, you should open up an individual K plan. That you can call me for. Um, because oh. you can put away a lot more money. You can put away about 55000 in one year away. So that's step one. If you're just doing the IRA small limits, open it at a bank. It's free, maybe $100 a month, not expensive. Um, and then once you're ready to start actually doing some real estate investing or, or bigger alternative investing, then you call me up or my individual K people call me up and I don't actually find the investments for you. So you do have to have just a little bit of knowledge on the real estate investing side. Um, but what I do do is help you set up the whole account. <coughs> you go find the house that you want to buy or the person you want to lend money to. And then we just help you along the process. And my company literally handholds you through the process, tells you what forms we need, how to fill them out. We check them all to make sure that it's in the name of your IRA and then you're able to invest in all that money. This is like the important part. All the money comes into your retirement account, tax-free or tax-deferred, depending on the type of account. And then it can go, um, when you take a distribution, once you hit retirement age, then it'll be tax-free tax or tax-deferred, however your account is set up, which people our age, I highly, highly, highly suggest the Roth. That's what I do all my investing in. So I pay taxes now, I pay taxes on the seed and then my money is tax free with the tree. So you just pay like a little bit of taxes down here and then you grow it inside your retirement account and say you, you grow it to a million dollars. You don't pay any taxes if it's in a Roth. Bitch, this is like the most beautiful like loophole I've ever heard of in my yeah. whole life. So the Roth IRA <laughs> and the Roth individual K are, <laughs> I think the way to go as especially somebody at my millennial age. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. So you go to the bank and you set it up. Can you kind of like maybe just walk us through the process of yep. that? Yeah. So if you um, actually, let's say TD Ameritrade, because I know that I know that process like the back of my hand. So we go to tdameritrade.com, go to their website. And this is if you're just establishing an account to start contributing and getting used to it. You'll go to their account. It's all an online form. You just fill out your online information. I don't even think you have to upload a picture of your ID. You literally just fill it out and put money into the account. And then you can start trading stocks if you want to, doing little things just to get your money starting to move, which you do want to do. Money is momentum. So if it just sits there, it's not going to earn anything. You're actually losing money because you're not even earning inflation. So you need to be making at least 4%, um, which has been the average inflation. So um, you want to be using stocks, mutual funds, whatever you're using, make sure it doesn't have a fee to get out of it. Um, and then once you're ready, at that point, you call me up and say, hey, I'm ready to go buy a house with my retirement account. What do I do? And then I help you move the funds from TD Ameritrade to our accounts. Oh, oh my God. Well, you make it sound like, you make it sound like f exciting. 
Like, like I, feel, I feel excited about it because I feel like anytime I've tried to like research investing or like any of that shit, I'm like, oh, this sounds tedious and horrible. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's just you do this and this. I'm like, well, that's more simple than I thought. <laughs> and it really is. It's overwhelming because the sites are not user friendly. They're not set up like amazing sites. And there's so many words on the sites. Oh my gosh. Sometimes like I correct clients in emails. I'm like, no, this is the word you're supposed to be using. And I get it, why the people get confused and the bankers don't know what you're talking about because they're probably new in the industry and they don't even know the right words, so then everyone's confused. But I've been around it for a while and yeah, I love talking to people, especially people just starting. And if you do wanna open an account with $6,000, I could do that too. The lowest I'll take is $500. But I want you to know that you, you want to be using your money. You want to either partner with it, you want to um, get a whole bunch of your friends' accounts together and you guys can all buy a house and all the rental income comes in, any expenses go out. I mean, the options are really open. Oh, there are so many. The opportunities are really endless. Yeah. Oh. And it's true, like, especially with most of the women listening are like sex workers, strippers, whatever it is, like, oh, we have such a beautiful opportunity at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. To like really grow some shit, mm, make some shit happen. Yes. Oh! I'm getting into that for all my strippers. I'm going to motivate the hell out of you with this one, okay? So my dad was a financial advisor for my whole life, like 20-something years before he'd started Mountain West IRA. And the um, his huge client base, so we're from Las Vegas, remember that? His huge client base was actually strippers. And they would come in, like I'm gonna use one for example, because I just remember her. I'm gonna call her Brittany, that's not her actual name, but she looked like Britney Spears to me. Um, so we're gonna call her Brittany. And she would come in religiously and bring in a whole, um, just bring in money to contribute to her accounts. She had personal accounts, her retirement accounts, she had all the accounts set up. And she actually did the research on the investments. My dad gave his with his point of view because you never want to 100% trust your financial advisor. Remember that they get paid a commission. So you do want to do your own research and make sure you're in the stocks you want to be in, that you understand, whatever those could be. Um, and then, um, like Brittany, she would do, um, she'd bring in her money, do her investments, and she set herself up that she was a stripper for, I think it was like five or six years but she was so focused on real estate investing and investing her money in her, in her um, stock portfolio that she retired before age 33 and never had to do anything else in her life because she set herself up where all that money went right into investments and she was getting passive income every month she needed to live how she wanted to live and she could choose to work if she wanted to and her retirement portfolio was set up with stocks and real estate. So she was doing Literally everything. Oh, that's fucking cool. What would show, when you're talking about having a little nest egg first, getting your credit right, get our credit right, debts are paid, you know, we got our little nest egg. What is a good nest egg, to, like a jumping off point? Like what would you recommend, like a nest egg, and what would you recommend like for like starting the investment process? You know what I mean? Like the amount. Yeah. So it's hard because it's where your right. education is. Yeah. Right. So like I started my retirement account with $3,000. I was able to partner my retirement account with other investors' retirement accounts. And so I got a very small percentage of every deal, but I ended up growing it to now it's over $30,000. So mm -hmm. I was able to grow it to a point that now I could do my own deals and lend on my own terms. And so I do, in my retirement account, I focus on promissory notes because who wants to chase a renter, deal with a toilet, any of that stuff? Not me. So um, it's all promissory notes. I will lend the money to somebody who wants to be a landlord and they can deal with the toilet. But I'll just be the bank right there. Oh. And that is, yeah, and I charge, I charge more than a bank would charge, but I'm not looking at their credit normally. So I can charge higher interest rates. I charge about 8% which is low on, on a personal finance, on a personal loan. Um, but it makes it so that I can keep my money moving really quickly. Right. And then, so that's what I focus with. And I started with just a very small amount, just whatever you're comfortable with. If you have people you can work with, partner together, make sure to have your documents all notarized and laid out who owns what, where, and if you're doing any partnership always. Um, and then, 
real estate investing. So real estate's really cool because um, getting into a specific type of real estate called wholesaling, you can take a very small amount, say a thousand to two thousand dollars, even five hundred dollars. I've seen it happen where you go and find a house that needs to be rehabbed. It's like the ugliest house on your street. Go find it. Ask them if they want to sell it, and then they may want to sell it. And <laughs> of course, it's going to be a lower price because it's going to be what including the rehab costs and what somebody else can sell it for. Look up wholesaling. There's a ton of people talking about it on YouTube. And um, and then you're able to use your retirement money for a escrow payment on the house and you just make sure the contract is assignable. And let's say you sell that contract, which is the house document saying that I'm gonna buy this house. You sell that document to somebody else. So you assign it to Bob Schmo and Bob Schmo pays you a $5,000 finder's fee. You just put $5,000 off of your one little nest egg investment into your retirement account that'll grow tax-free forever if it's in a Roth IRA. Oh my God. Whoa, yeah. that was good. So that is, that's, I mean, you can start with whatever your comfort level is. So it's hard to say <laughs> actual number, but realistically, I mean, we don't take anything below $500, so $500, but you need to be out there looking and using it because our fees are more than what a bank would be charging you because that's all we do. Wow. Well, okay. I want, there is just so many, there are so many like little loopholes or like little things. There that, are. Wow. It's exciting to, it's exciting to hear all of this because it really is showing that there are no limits to what you can do, what you can create, and especially with income coming in very quickly, like a lot of the people listening, like this is exciting information. Mm -hmm. Yep, really and, and the individual K plans are even better because you could put $55,000 away and you're able to, you can go buy a house with that. You want a whole house? You can go buy a whole house with $55,000 and maybe a loan from a bank, but I'll give you the bank names that you, that will let you buy a house in an IRA. Simple as that. I already did the research. I already know the banks that do it. You just have to put the money in the account and find a house that you like as a rental. Oh, ooh, oh, <laughs> this is exciting. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Wow. Shit, man. Shit. I think you just rocked my socks off this whole time. So <laughs> I want to know how the fuck can we have fun and budget? That doesn't seem possible, at least like in my experience, but I'm sure you have, I'm sure you have some nuggets for us. So of course, budget in fun. That's simple. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you're budgeting it, budgeting, budgeting it in. If you want your hair done, your nails done, you want to go out with your friends and go brunch on the weekend, Add that to your budget. Get rid of the other stuff. Maybe you don't need cable. If you still have cable, you probably don't need it. Go cancel it. Like, <laughs> like once you actually lay out all your expenses and what you're spending money on, you will find money for you to still have fun with. So like I said in my story how I was eating the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I was just living that, trying to pay off debt and not going out with my friends and not creating fun, it actually created like, a negative effect on me where once I relapse, it would be like 20 times worse mm -hmm. because I hated life at the time. So once I started to actually fun, um, factor in fun, it made it so budgeting wasn't that bad. I factored in shopping. I factored in, um, I'm trying to think what one of my good ones were, <coughs> um, pedicures, pedicures were a big one for me. And um, I just made sure I went to the same place, tipped the same amount, the same lady, and I just, you know, added that in. And it's, it sounds so simple that it like is almost unbelievable because you may be in debt or your credit may be bad or whatever you have going on. It's like, well, how can I afford that much more if I'm in this situation? But you have to remember that your personal care and your spiritual self and your whole being is just as important as paying off debt. The better you are mentally and physically, then you will find that paying off debt becomes easier because, I mean, if you're in sales, like most of you are, because <laughs> really that's what you're doing, you're in sales, when you look your best and feel your best is when you're going to be making more money. Oh, so true. Oh. So it's an important factor. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I 
I've definitely experienced that when I when I like went really gung ho. I noticed that like when I was just like budgeting and not factoring any fun or anything for myself, like I started making less money. So then mm -hmm. I was more stressed like at the end of it. That's all you focus on and then it becomes like I mean, I'm gonna throw like a specific name out there. Like the way Dave Ramsey teaches, like like you cut off everything, including like Netflix, like the little things you like, you will fucking hate life. Yes, you can get it done, but why live a life where I hate it for a year or two years when I can feel better and go make more money? Find so a true. second source of income. So true. Oh, possibilities are endless. You're a little hustler too. You're like, oh yeah, I was doing like e e-commerce and shit like damn yeah, like i love it <laughs> yeah so i mean there's endless there's endless ways to make that money flow in there oh. mm. Mm, i love it what would be a good like i don't know like a beginner's budget would you like i know like not like obviously like specific numbers but like going from mapping out income and everything like do you have like maybe a beginner kind of template or something for people to follow help them organize i'm talking like beginners yeah. <laughs> so i'm yeah. actually like like if you're listening to this and you need a budget write this down i'm just going to tell you exactly what it is so you download the mint app and it has like a little tree thing on it download that preferably get on your computer and go put every expense that you have so attach all your credit cards debit cards any loans you have then in the budget section not the bills, the bills will mess it all up. Go in the budget section <coughs> and put all your reoccurring expenses, which are your rent, your electric, your water, if you have gas, um, uh, gas for your car, your car payment, your insurance, all the little expenses that start to add up that you may not even realize because it may be coming from your account automatically, but make sure to code everything in there I said code like it's hard. You just go click the button and go at it. <laughs> go click the button and say how much you pay. And what's really cool about the Mint app is that it will tell you what your budget is at the top when, with your expenses that you have. And I like to teach this way, especially on podcasts, because visually I can tell you like, yeah, go download the spreadsheet. Do the spreadsheet sucks. Nobody likes them. Completely, right? Like, no, very few people even have computers now. So, in order to like really get shit done, sometimes you just need to do it on your phone and you can be on the toilet and do it. That's where I budget my stuff every single morning. As I'm going to the bathroom, my morning pee, I get on my Mint app and go code everything to make sure it's in the right category. And it takes two minutes. So, it, you have no, no reason not to check it before social media every single day and you'll be good. So, um, in your budget section, you're going to list out all your expenses, your fun thing, make sure to add your fun thing in there, whatever that is, and make sure you're spending that every month. It's an important thing. Make sure you are um, getting a, a good little nest egg savings account. Sometimes you can't pay off all your debt, but you want to build a savings account. Put money away in that savings account, even if it's 20 to $50. I, I put $50 a month away in a savings account that just sits there. And that's really for like an emergency circumstance. Like my dog had knee surgery. I used that. <laughs> so it's like little things like that. And so you're able to actually use the money. So that's number one, the mint app, setting it up. I don't use the bills section. I like to teach people just to use the budget section. Um, and then you can see, I'm actually, oh, we don't use the video. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you can see if, you, if you're underneath like a certain number, it'll be green. If you're close to, to finishing out <laughs> your budget, it'll be yellow. And then if you're over your budget, it'll be red. And so it's a very vis easy visual way for you to see how you're doing with your budget. I like colors, I like seeing all that stuff. Ooh. Hate a spreadsheet. So that's, that's my way around that. Then um, I do highly suggest getting on Credit Karma and Experian. You want both of them, um, and Credit Karma and Experian will give you two different numbers. They don't, they're not hard pulls, they just show you what's going on with your credit. Your credit tells a story. So if your credit is really bad right now, it's okay. It's time to make that shift and figure out what you can do that will help you get it raised. If it's really good right now, keep it really good. Simple as that. <laughs> but it tells you if you have, um, how many hard pulls you have, if you have anything that is in collections, don't pay your collections, talk to a credit restoration specialist. Most of the time you don't even have to pay collections. Oh, um, really? 
sometimes if it gets sold off and they didn't tell you that it got sold off you may not have to pay it because the, oh. the who you owe the money to doesn't even own it anymore and you gave that person the the okay to charge you not the the other person that now owns it that bought your debt oh oh okay i like that (laughs) so you want to talk to a credit person for sure and it may be worth it to pay them so um yeah so you'll do that and and you'll kind of know what's going on and what the next steps are because your personal finances are going to be the most important when it comes to your investing and getting everything right because when I go buy a house, they're looking at my credit. My credit has to be good in order for me to get a house without you know, 20 plus down, 20% plus down. So it's very important to have that. And um, I do have a downloadable, it's the seven day money mindset um, challenge. And that is going to be in the show notes. And that is just seven days of getting your shit together. And I don't even talk about what I talked about here. It's literally getting your shit together. If your car is a mess, if your wallet's a mess, if your purse is a mess, your house, if all your shit's a mess, why is your money going to be right? Oh, For seven days, we work on all the internal work and what needs to be getting done. Oh, love it. Love yes. it. I'm joining. <laughs> I'm joining. Very, it's like super yes. easy. And when you get it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I already knew all this stuff. Why wasn't I doing it? Like everything in life. It's just like, oh. <laughs> It all but makes sense now that someone else laid it out for me. <laughs> I already knew what I needed to do. I just wasn't doing it, but I guess I'll try it now. And that's really where my whole money mindset started over again was when I was like, okay, I could do this shit. Like, I just need to go clean my car. It's not that hard. Yeah, it just seems we make it so much harder in our heads. Like, oh, I have to do all of this stuff, but it's really not as hard as we make it out to be. Like, we make it seem like, oh, this is impossible. There's no way that I could do all of this, but... In reality, anything is possible. Shit, the possibilities are really endless. They are. They yeah. Are with everything. Yeah, and it seems like, damn, you just have, like, a great fucking money mindset. I want to know some of the principles that you live by when you think about money, like, when you are around your money or you're you're just, like, really – it's like you're in a relationship with your money. You're always mm-hmm. checking up on it. It's always the first thing you look at. So I want to know some of your money mindset principles for sure. So my money – money mindset so um, have you ever heard of EFT yes okay so I did there's a book called tapping into wealth I love that book I read it recently and do you do the tapping yes okay so that was where I started so it disconnects you from the actual money and in your emotional feelings with money because like we've talked about this whole time if you're stressed normally your money's bad now imagine if your money's bad and it doesn't affect your mood because you have removed yourself. So I started with EFT and I still do EFT for everything. Um, so that's a big one. And it, it sounds really woo woo. I know guys, I know how does tapping on some pressure points? How does it make it better? I promise it does. Just do it. Does. it. <laughs> just yeah. do it. Just trust me on this one. I don't have any research to prove it. I don't know where it's from, but just do it. <laughs> so um, do that. So tapping into wealth was a really helpful thing. Meditation. I am not the person that likes to sit and journal for an hour, two hours, and, and like, that's all. Like, I hate that, actually. So I have um, meditation cards that do a guided meditation. So they walk me through a guided meditation. And through that, I journal about what I meditated about and how to get the answers. Um, sitting down and listening to somebody talk on an app is not going to help me meditate. My mind's going to be going all over so between um, those cards help me with the guided meditations, yin yoga, I think one of my favorite ways to meditate is actually being active and yes. you're still meditating because you are having to quiet your mind and, and deal with the internal stuff. But I'm stretching as well, so I feel productive, very productive. And then also walking outside. Like I said, that's how I lost a ton of weight was walking And so walking, no headphones, no phone with you, just walking and enjoying nature. I bring my dog with me. So, I mean, it's really her walk, again, being productive while I'm getting my meditation in. So those are some big ones. Drink your water. Use coconut oil in life because coconut oil is amazing. And that's, that's really like how I started with everything and then money mindset. Um, With the EFT, it really helps disconnect yourself. So... Um, at one point, I used to let the um, debt weigh me down and and really be a stressor on me. And you could see it in my face. Like, I go look back at pictures, like my weight, on my arms, my face. Like, you could see it all. 
And once I was able to remove myself from the debt and the emotions, it made it so that that was just kind of like there and it was going to get paid off eventually. I'll figure it out. And it made it really weird because when I paid it off, it didn't even feel like I paid it off. Like it was such a disconnect because I had practiced so much of the EFT and not letting it affect me that it was like, once it was paid off, it was like, hmm, this is interesting. Like, do I celebrate? Do I not? Like, I was so confused, like, because right. I didn't feel that connect, which is fine. Don't feel the connect. That means you can make more and more money and you have all your shit organized. It goes where it's supposed to go. And life's really simple. You get into debt, you fix it, and then you go back to the right side where you're supposed to be. And so that's a huge money money mindset. And then um, focus, just focus. And I don't, I'm not one person that focuses on one thing. As you guys heard in here, like I have IRAs going on, I have Women Building Wealth Club and the podcast that goes along with it. I sell t-shirts on there, so I still do some of my e-commerce stuff. And like I am very involved with, um, a few companies. So my natural doctor, I help her out with stuff. I help my friend who has a podcast company. I help her out with stuff. And it's, it's not that you have to focus on one thing. It's that you need to learn when to focus on what you need to be focusing on to not create a stressful environment. And you can have money coming in in multiple sources and multiple places, but just know, <coughs> know where your main money's coming in at and where that focus needs to be and when you need to focus on that. So you know where your main focus, you know where your main money source is. So as long as that is right and that's moving, then I'm able to focus on these little projects. And it's crazy because some of these little projects in my, in my um, organization level, they've become very, very little because I did my part. Now I'm just here for support to help you out. And that makes it so that um, I work maybe a late night or on a weekend and I got all this stuff done for this person. And now it's just this money source that's just coming in. And so being able to focus on that and creating passive income, whether it be through your business, through in, in your business, you need to be making some sort of passive income. Um, but then also your, your active income. So you working, coaching and stripping, doing whatever it is, um, some sort of active income, and then start looking at investments. Ooh. And you'll feel empowered. Like, um, I know every time I'm at a closing table, like, it happens to be that I'm always surrounded by women, which is kind of fun, but um, you'll feel more and more empowered. And I didn't even realize uh, most of the time that like what I was doing was so out of the norm because I was so around it all the time. Like I was so involved with everything going around. I help people with transactions in their IRA. So for me, it just looked normal. So when I say money mindset or like, how did you get into this? How did you figure this out? Like I just watched who, what people were doing in front of me, how they were making money. And I basically mimicked it with my own numbers and my own money. You make everything sound so fucking easy and fun. I'm just going to say, like, it's it a is. relief. <laughs> it is. You just have to actually be excited about it because yeah. you may get off this podcast and then go look up, like, how to wholesale. There's an ugly house down my street. How to wholesale. You're going to see, like, a whole bunch of videos pop up, and maybe you only make $2,000 on your first deal. Who says you ever want to do it again? Maybe you just want to pay off some debt with it. I mean, the options are open and, and especially women. Oh my gosh, women. Let me, let me just tell you this one part. Women, we're so good at sales. You just have to talk and smile. Like yes. literally just talk and smile, listen to social cues and the sale comes so easy. I, I genuinely feel like sales are so easy for women. Yes. And I was in the restaurant business all through college and I couldn't figure out like, I worked two days a week and made just as much as some of the other people who worked four or five days a week. Like, why did that happen? Because I just sat there and talked and smiled. They liked me. They didn't care if the food was late. <laughs> so it's just like one of those things that like, once you learn how to actually sell, which all of y'all are selling anyways. So once you learn how to sell and really like start to really feel comfortable in it, you don't have to be the smartest tool in the tool shed. You don't have to know all the answers. One of my favorite lines is, that is a great question. Let me find out for you. And you just make them feel good. And that's it. Simple. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, And shit. I learn a lot of it from YouTube. I mean, not like my investing, but like I learn a lot of stuff through YouTube. So the information's all there. You just have to want to look for it. Oh, that's so fucking, 
Oh, you're awesome. You're a certified bad bitch, okay? Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. I've enjoyed talking to you so much. I think you answered all my questions and then some. Good. So, Good. Let me know if you have any other questions, but you guys can all reach out to me on my Instagram at Megan Galane or at Women Building Wealth, which will officially launch. This will be my first podcast where it officially launches and it's launching in January 2020. So very excited about that. And that Instagram handle is Women Building Wealth Club. Oh, shit. All, all the feels, right? All the feels. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love you so much, babe. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. It was a great time. And thank you everyone for listening. Yes. <laughs>